We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The MPW Digital Podcast Network proudly presents McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Join longtime SEC beat writer Neil McCrady and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios, Neil McCrady. Welcome into another edition of McCready and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil McCready, joined by Tyler Siski here on this Thursday afternoon, January the 25th. Hope you're having a uh, hope you're having a good day. Hope you're having a good week. Hope you have a great weekend. Um, good way to do that is to grab you some rain. We're brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. Tyler, how are you? Man, I'm doing great, and I'm doing even better. Because I have this nice refreshing can of Valencia Orange Rainstorm that I'm drinking today, and you know it's just it's just a great drink to continue the heater that the Criteria Club is on when it comes to college basketball's sports betting. Did you have another good night? I know you had Iowa and Iowa State, and Ole Miss. I did not have I, I did not have Iowa, so I kicked Iowa out of it. I actually last night I ended up with uh I took uh Iowa State, which they they had like a 16 point lead and tried to lose it late, but they ended up extending that late. Iowa State Bradley. Yeah. Fighting Bradley's the Trojans of Troy, my 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 T-R-O-Y Trojans. Um I had Western Michigan and I had uh uh Ole Miss. Yeah. And uh so the old the old money line parlay is on fire to the point to where when I mean, we're going, I I think I looked at it the other day. It's like uh like twenty seven and three now over the last thirty days. Wow. How about that? How about that? That's that's so, impressive. Yeah. So what and I when I say that twenty seven and three positive in the positive, twenty seven the last thirty days doing this college basketball thing, because what I'll do is like so, an instance, last night, 
Uh, three of the five teams on the money line parlay had hit, and so you're taking favorites, right? So naturally, you can hedge your. So like when I started, I, Kansas State was a plus five fifty money line last night, and so what I do is if I put if I bet like twenty bucks on the game, I'll bet five dollars on Kansas State to win money line, and then at worst, if they win, they kill the parlay, but you cover your your uh, losses plus a couple dollars. You're a regular Kayshawn Butte. I know a regular Kayshawn Butte. How about that, man? Former LSU wide receiver arrested, charged with uh, illegal gambling. I think they're charging him because he was under 21 at the time and claimed he was over 21 at the time. That's what they're getting him for. But almost, almost 9,000 bets, including, uh, including bets on uh, LSU football games. I always love it when people go, well, he bet on the Tigers. I'm like, yeah, you can't <laughs> bet on your own damn games, man. I mean, you, you just can't. So uh, he's a member of the New England Patriots. I'm sure that the NFL is looking deep into Kayshawn as of today. I'm sure today is a day that Kayshawn Butte's name is being bandied about the NFL uh, headquarters there in New York on a day when otherwise they would never have been talking about Kayshawn. But they are today. Well, he only had two catches this year, so that's probably why he's not getting a whole lot of conversation uh, with his two catches uh, this year. So, two catches, was... lots of bets, baby, lots of bets. Nineteen yards, two catches for nineteen yards. You know, it's 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 the, and I'm not the guy that's going to criticize betting because we obviously yeah. do our. We soon as I'm on the soon as I'm well, I'm going to get shipped off to parts unknown to pay off our bet. But, um, you know, it's. It is every athletic department, every franchise, every it's their worst nightmare with it's so easy to bet now. And you obviously are concerned that it if you're running a team, if you're running an athletics department, you're obviously concerned that the integrity of the game and of your team, of your franchise, of your school can get compromised by betting because it absolutely can. And if you're yeah, you know, if you're LSU today, you're deep diving into what he did in his three years there. The thing that I mean, it's not frustrating. It's just like it's just another thing, right? It's like there there are things you can't do while you play. You can't use drugs. If you use drugs while you play, you're going to get drug tested, you're going to get caught, and you're going to get suspended. So it's just another thing that they know they can't do. So it's not like the there's going to be a lot of people i imagine since this, this is recent news i think it came out 30 minutes ago um there's going to be people that go uh you know i can't believe if it wasn't available to him he wouldn't have done it well i mean look guys you can't drink and drive either right that's against the law it's against the law you'll kill somebody it's bad for you there's things in life you can't do based on whatever right if johnny joe normal Johnny Joe average person gets a DUI, guess what? Nothing's going to happen to him. If a college coach that's coaching in college football gets a, a DUI, he's probably going to get fired. And so there's when you, when you have jobs or you have responsibilities that fit, that you know you can't do, don't be a dumbass. Like that's pretty much what this all boils down to is don't be a dumbass. You know you can't do it. They educate the shit out of the players. So I don't want to hear, well, they're not getting educated. No, they're getting killed, bombarded with this stuff. Even in states, which we'll talk about here in just a second, which kind of leads into this conversation, even in states 
that it's not currently legal, like Mississippi. It's not currently legal in Mississippi to bet online unless you're at the casino, right? In the parking lot, on property. But you can drive, I can literally drive to a place where it's legal to vote on my phone and on these apps quicker than I can get to a casino. So you're surrounded by it when Tennessee, Louisiana, Arkansas, here in Mississippi. And so you, you know what, what the rules are. So everybody's getting hounded on it, but 8,900 bets. Holy smokes, man. That guy, he, he's a, he's a busy dude. Yeah. There's a lot there. Uh, okay. So speaking of sports betting uh, in Mississippi, it's today, not legal. That could change. There's a bill being presented for uh, a July 1st, 2024 start date to make mobile sports betting legal in Mississippi. What are you, uh, what are you hearing on that? Um, I think it's got, I think it's got a lot of momentum this time. I, I think it's a little bit different. I think pe people have to adapt, man. This, the, the whole, to just so people who are listening that aren't familiar with the Mississippi uh, laws, sports betting has been legal in Mississippi since 2018. So you can go to the casinos, which are located in Tunica, Biloxi, I guess, I don't, I'm assuming that Philadelphia and those places have um, sports books. I don't know that. But you can go to the actual brick and mortar casinos to the sports book and bet. All right. And the other thing that's absolutely insane is also in Mississippi, you can play fantasy sports online. So you can use DraftKings and FanDuel and those things on fantasy sports already on the app and make money and do all those things. That's legal, but actually the betting on the games is not, which I think is completely stupid. Um, and the same thing with the the best part about it is there's no online poker either, right? So that's all into this into this deal is online uh, poker. Well, literally fantasy sports tournaments, like if you go to DraftKings and you participate in those, they're literally set up exactly like a online poker tournament where there's a rake by DraftKings and they divvy out whatever 80% of the prize pool. That's just how they do it. So I think it's just, it's long overdue. It's, it's archaic not to have it on your phones and not to be able to do it. And I think it's absolutely silly that people, because they are, they will drive every Friday afternoon. You can drive the Tennessee state line from here and there is a line of cars in the Tennessee state line that are, that are doing that. So all that money is going out of the state in a state that obviously needs money. So um, I think it's long overdue. I think it's silly. Um, and I, I kind of look forward to July 1st, 2024 getting here. Be good. It'd be good for our show too. Yeah, it'd be good for uh, MPW Digital. It'd be good for this show. There's no question about that. Um, yeah, I, you know where I come from on things like this. I'm a I'm a live and let live libertarian sort of person. I think, and this is the whole the whole you can't sell wine in a grocery store. I think that's stupid. You uh you you can't sell wine on Sunday. I think is stupid. You can't bet on games. I think is stupid. All I think stuff like that is idiotic. I always have, always will. People are going to do your leave. Why you leave um, revenue streams empty as a state is beyond me. Uh, I, I, I don't get it. The whole morality and all that stuff to me is ridiculous. Well, here's the thing is that, look, if you're like Alabama, very strict, right? They don't hardly don't have anything, no lotto, anything like that. So yeah, it's the, it's the fact that Mississippi is a state that has brick and mortar casinos 
the, and there's not not all 50 states have those, right? We have brick and mortar casinos, have had them forever. All right. You got you can go and sports bet. You just have to be at the casino. You can actually bet on the app as long as you're in the casino parking lot. All right. You can do fantasy sports. Hell, you can go buy lottery tickets. All right. You can do all that stuff in the state, but I can't pick up my phone and do like every other state that has the exact same laws and do that. The only the only state that is like this is actually Nevada. You can't do you can't do the apps unless you're on property in Las Vegas or Nevada. Now I get it in Las Vegas because Las Vegas is Las Vegas, but I don't know when the last time you went to Tunica. Okay, but I, I you know, I don't see the Las Vegas Knights, you know, packing up and, and shipping off to Tunica to be a be a team, or I don't see the UFC uh, coming to Tunica to to do their their pay per views. It's just it's not this isn't uh, Las Vegas. This is Tunica and Biloxi. Let's don't get it confused. I don't think it's going to uh, hurt the business that much, but it is what it is. All right, so uh, you, you want to talk about roster building? A lot of turnover, starting in uh, in the NFL, college football as well. Um, now through February, sort of with GM roles, um, I'll I'll hand it to you how you kind of want to uh, kind of how you want to attack that. Yeah, so you know, there's there's two kinds of waves, right? So you have when the head coaches, you have the coaching changes. Um, you know, a lot of times they'll they'll hire somebody. Uh, to, and you'll get a little bit of movement in the uh, GM roles and people that are running recruiting and so on and so forth. But really what the big, the biggest thing occurs after signing day, because most coaches get hired right in the middle of recruiting. You don't want to make wholesale changes right in the middle of the two month period of recruiting um, at the end of, at the end of the day. So they wait till after signing day and a lot of moves are made and, and some, some before, but you're starting to see a little bit of it uh, with the bigger jobs that, because things are changing, right? And mm -hmm. the structure of the recruiting departments are changing. I think everybody's kind of catch, kind of catching up uh, to the modern way where you have to have the job has gotten just too big just to have, uh, hey, we're going to go watch some high school film and evaluate it, organize it, send you on the road. With the portal, with collectives, I mean, you've literally added an unlimited free agency and, and unlimited salary cap, plus you got high school recruiting. So you've almost doubled uh, the the workload on recruiting departments. So they're going to get larger. Um, and you got to have people over top of that that's got to see and kind of maintain everything and communicate with the coaches because it's just too much for one person to do. Um, so I, obviously Will Redman uh, left LSU to go to Auburn. Uh, that's been announced. Uh, that happened this week, I guess, between our last show and this show. It happened officially um, on uh, Wednesday morning. Right. And, um, and then you got, uh, you know, I think uh, it's no secret here. I think I think Austin Thomas uh, will be leaving Ole Miss to go to LSU. Um, that's kind of uh, I feel very strong about, about that. Yep. Uh, I don't think that's been announced yet, but I feel very strong that that's going to happen. I've basically uh, I've basically reported it. I have learned one thing I've learned about reporting on rebelgrove.com is if I don't report it on Twitter.com, it doesn't count. Oh, gotcha. Which is odd, right? Because people subscribe to rebelgrove.com, meaning they pay the expensive price that they've paid since the Madison administration. But you don't pay for Twitter necessarily. But if it's not on Twitter, it doesn't count. It's kind of weird. But I, it's whatever. I digress. No. 
But the thing, the interesting thing about these GM roles and where things are going is just a really small pool of guys, right? And the the old the GM role has gotten younger and younger and younger and younger because all the old G's, including me, are getting out and out and out. And so um, there's not a lot. It's a very young. If you just took the median age of the people running recruiting departments over the country, I mean, it's got to be sub thirty. Um, and yeah, because, because let's be real, it's an absolutely now it's an around the clock job. It just it's it's around the clock. You never can catch up. That's no. the thing. There's no there's no catching up, especially when recruiting departments are understaffed. And then if they're understaffed, that burden falls on the coaches. Um, a lot of the burden falls on the coaches, and then they get burnt out. And so it's it's turned into a it, there's just a very small pool of guys that have done it um, that understand the the whole picture. Right? It's because the the people that are running recruit they they're really good in their area and they're specialized in their area, but finding someone who is kind of knows a little bit of everything and knows how to work with the collectives, knows how to uh, do the pre-pouring, I guess we'll call it the tampering pre-pouring, um, who knows how to organize and manage a head coach and knows how to do those things. It's just a very small list of guys that's kind of done all of that before because of, of the way how much recruiting has changed in the last five years. Um, but I think it will be a uh, – for those jobs that are open – there are quality candidates out there and you really can't hire a bad one because there's just not that many, everybody in it that does it is really good at it. It's just not that there's not that many people who fit the criteria of filling those roles. So uh, I think that will be important. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about the, the modern day roster building. Um, this has come up a lot in the last two days since we've done our show. And I think it's important for fans to understand this because whatever team that you're the fan of, there's no, there's no right way to do this anymore. There's no cookie cutter way of saying, hey, this is how it's done. I think that cook there is a cookie cutter way. I just think it's very school specific, right? I think it's based on your current roster, your needs, your collective. I mean, all kinds of things, right? There's no right or wrong way to do it. But a couple of things that have come up that I think is really interesting, and we've talked about it a little bit, uh, you and I off the camera, is how schools that even have money, where they are investing. I'm not saying not recruiting. I'm saying investing. That's the new word I'm going to start using. There's a difference between recruiting a kid, signing a kid, and investing in a kid. There's a big difference in that. And what I mean, and I've said this before on our show, I said if I was doing it again, I would never recruit a high school quarterback ever again. I'm on tape saying that. And that's really not what I meant. I really meant I would never invest in a high school quarterback again. Um, you're seeing they are recruiting out of high school the non-skill positions. So what I mean by that is it's O-line, D-line, linebackers, basically – Everybody, uh, not not a DB or a wide receiver, running back, quarterback. Okay, those guys, you're recruiting the skill players out of the portal now, and you're recruiting the non-skill or or even mid-skill, which we call uh, linebackers and tight ends. Those guys you're recruiting out of high school. 
Um, it was probably said best to me the other day. Um, he's like, look, if I go and get a guy out of the portal that's an outside backer edge rusher, that guy, and he started at all anywhere, I, I'm out, you know, three, four, five hundred grand. I can go recruit a high school kid for 50 and I can get him and I may get a whole year of service out of him for $50,000 and I may, I may lose him, but I may be able to keep him for cheaper than what I would be able to go get the guy from wherever. Right. And so they start, you know, you're having to allocate resources and it, they found that, that in the long run, it's cheaper to grow non-skilled players with the opportunity to retain them than it is to go purchase them. Now, let's do the flip side. Let's talk about wide receivers, okay? If you want to go get an elite wide receiver, whether they're a high school kid or a or a college kid, the price difference is not a whole lot different. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, sure. So they're able to save money by doing that way from a collective standpoint. I, I think it's really good, and I think that's what a lot of the – uh, schools that have active collectives are doing, um, and you're seeing people adapt. And look, at the end of the day, you have to be able to adapt to the new style. And if you don't, you're going to get left behind because the people who are adapting, which we've talked about at nauseum, are being successful, and the ones that aren't, aren't. Yeah, I mean, it's – and I, I get this question from fans a lot. I totally understand it. It's like, you know, how much money – how much money does it take to field a roster? What's the going rate for positions? And and I'm never super comfortable answering that, not because I, I, I mind giving out numbers, but I, I think the numbers change. And I don't really know how many, like, okay, so I'll give you an example. Ryan Day was on, on record as saying $13 million is what it takes to field a roster, a competitive national title contending roster. But I talked to someone the other day who's at an SEC program, not Ole Miss, not Ole Miss. If it were Ole Miss, I would tell you. SEC program, not Ole Miss, who said he thought that the going rate right now was more around the range of $7 million a year. He said, because you've got a lot of people that that schools are learning, a lot of people pledge money but don't actually give the money. He said, so cash on hand where you're not where you're not caught not being able to fulfill your your contractual obligations as a collective, he he thinks it's more like seven million dollars. And if that's the case, then some of the numbers that I've heard in the transfer portal really don't make sense because you can't give 15, 16, 17% of your budget to one player, especially if that player is just a isn't an elite star player. He's just a good player who's going to contribute on Saturday. Right. No, I, I agree. I, I think the I think if you're just going all out, if you're trying to do the do it big. If you're trying to do it big, you do need to be in there. I mean, I know teams, like I said, I know competitive teams, teams that had good years. Now, were they in the college football playoff? No. Did they have good years? Yes. And they were operating off eight and a half million last year. Um, I, I think that, I think that you have to um, continue to grow it because the rules are going to change. I, I think if you, 
if you if the stat you can't stay status quo. I, I think that's the biggest mistake when it comes to raising money in a collective. And and I think the good ones aren't doing it. I think they're they're not staying status quo. I don't think you can look at what's competitive this year, this past season in 2023, and think that same number is going to be competitive in 2024. I think you have to always, there's going to be inflation. You always have to continue to grow that number. Um, and I just don't, I don't see that because here, here's the other thing. And I was telling somebody, I got asked this question, I guess, two days ago by somebody on your deal. Um, well, we still haven't reached the peak of this big daddy. You know what I mean? Like how long, how long we've we been paying players. It's two or three years. I mean, I guess the first year of really paying players was 2021. And even then, nobody really knew exactly what was going on. The first year that guys really got paid was 2022. Uh, a lot of dudes got really paid in 2023. And a lot of guys are on pace to really get paid in 2024. Um, but there is still a, a very sizable group of schools based on what I can tell who are sort of writing this out thinking this thing is some of them are naive enough and stupid enough to think that a rules committee of some sort is going to come in and, and solve this. Those people are hopeless. Uh, the others believe that the market is about to start correcting itself. And I think they may be on to something because well, here's, I guess here's, because here's the thing, right? Like a lot of our audience is Ole Miss people. And for Ole Miss, this has been wildly successful, and that's a credit to Ole Miss. This is not a this is not a criticism at all. But Ole Miss has won twenty nine games over the last three years. Only Georgia and Alabama, among SEC schools, has done better. So Ole Miss looks at the portal and goes, "This thing has been a godsend because we would not have been able to do this over the last three years using the old." the old method, the pre 2021 method. And they're right. No question. But there are other schools that are looking at this and going, you know, we spent X amount of money. Um, it hasn't really worked. We've just gotten a bunch of players in here. It's affected chemistry. Nobody knows who the guys are. This doesn't really work. Wait till it doesn't work at these. They they think the market's going to correct itself, and it very well could. I don't I don't know the answer. We're about to go into an era where it's playoff or bust, and we'll use Ole Miss as an example. Look, I think Ole Miss is a playoff team next year. In fact, I saw where Vegas put out some early over unders, and the over under on Ole Miss was nine, and I went over. Almost like that, just without even thinking, I went over. Um, but let's say I'm wrong. And just Ole Miss goes eight and four. Eight and four. Good season. Be a very disappointing season. And come bowl time, when Ole Miss goes to the Tax Slayer Bowl or the Mayo Bowl or whatever bowl eight and four would get you, when a third of the roster opts out of that game, maybe more. What is the taste going to be among the fan base to contribute yet again to the collective to make another run at it? Maybe it's really strong. I don't know. I, but I think, I think around the country, you're going to see differing answers to that where some people are like, 
hey, we've got to put more money into this. And other people are going to go, this isn't worth it. There's no return on my investment. This is not, this as an individual, this, this is, this is stupid. And I do think that's going to happen in some places. So I do think there is a certain degree of market correction coming. But yeah. now I'll say this. I am, and I've said this, I wrote this, I've said this. This is where me not having any emotional attachment to any school, to any alma mater, to not caring at all. This is where I am completely out of touch with the fan, and I might be dead wrong. My my deal on the, going back to what I was talking about because it's kind of what you're saying it will correct itself, but I think we're two years away from it at least because we've been paying players for for two years, real money for two years. Yeah. Okay. And so you basically have you got a lot of players that don't want to leave, that are playing at a place that are being underpaid because not every player is getting the check. When you have a full roster of players getting paid, that number is going to be higher than eight and a half million. I guess that's my point, right? Like it's going to continue to go up until you have a full cycle, a full roster of players that are from this new age. Um, I mean, you and I both know there, there's people who started uh, in the SEC this year that made really low amounts of money, really low. Yeah. If they go on the open market, somebody's going to pay them. Now they may not want to leave or whatever it is, but now you're going to start recruiting kids out of high school. They're getting paid. They're coming in in the high school. They're coming in with money now. So when you get a full roster of players from this new era, that's when you're going to see kind of the, I think that the correction, because we're only two years into this. And so you don't have a hundred percent of your team getting paid on a, on a, on the new level. Yeah. Cause even like you said at the beginning, the first year, nobody really knew what was going on, right? And everybody's like, yeah. oh, you know, whatever. Okay, well, well now- I, remember, I remember doing a deal with Chance Campbell that first year and having the conversation with him where I said, hey, this is what I've got to pay you. And I'm like, dude, I don't know whether I'm badly overpaying you or severely underpaying you. I'm like, I just don't know. And he's like, no, I get it. And I said, I, I don't know what the going rate is because you're like a pioneer. And it turned out that probably he was pretty badly underpaid. Um, but I didn't know at the time, you know, what that would look like. And for me now, if I were to go, like, who's Ole Miss's transfer portal linebacker this year, Chris Paul? If I were to go to him with that number, he'd probably just laugh at it. Like, there's no way. And it's one of the reasons people, why don't you do shows anymore? It's because, well, we, we've kind of been priced out of those shows. Because he's going to get more than that anyway to not do a show so the only reason that somebody like him would even do a show is because he wants the exposure and the experience of doing a show to put that on his resume to show nfl teams to he's got a, he's a broadcasting major or whatever like that but in terms of like the nil value yeah to your point it's it's completely changed because we've begun to establish some numbers and if those numbers hold at an sec school a big 10 school it's it's a lot more money total than what they're paying right now, and some of these schools look at that and go, I don't know how we're going to get to those get to those numbers, and the players say, well, revenue sharing, and that's when they come back. We're not getting into this conversation again because I'm tired of it, but that's where the schools come back and go, we can't do that without you being an employee, and blah blah blah, and on you go, and it becomes this unsolvable 
thing, but that's that's sort of where it is right now. The 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 thing that's making it, and you were talking about market correction and things like that. This is the first year, and it's only the first year of two. It's the first year I've really I know that there are schools with money that have the means that are letting elite players walk because somebody else is going to overpay them from what they feel is correct. Yeah. Year one, that didn't happen. Year two, good teams with good players that have good money or let it have let players walk multiple players, elite players walk. Now the trick is there's always going to be the team out there because there's always going to be that team. Somebody's willing to pay them, right? And so, um, and that's happened this year. There's always been somebody willing to pay them. But elite teams with elite money, with elite players, have let them walk uh, because you know they feel that that's too much. So that's the first time. So hopefully that's a sign of the correction. But it is what it is. Neil, I know we've been on Zoom because you're banged up on me. We're getting you better. But, you know, and we haven't had a chance to do a live show in a while. So we've been missing some life advice. Our good friend Cole Walters. I, I have some life advice I'd like to share. Uh, life advice I'd like to share with some fans. If you'd like to tell me, how can I help Cole Walters? Help Cole, help me give life advice to some fans. Life advice is presented by State Farm Agent Cole Walters. He is licensed in auto, home, life, health, business, and pet insurance for the whole state of Georgia. Contact Cole at 706-525-7850. You can also find him at Cole, C-O-L-E, Walters, W-A-L-T-E-R-S, insurance.com. I think this is going to get my man, Neil McCready, fired up. He's going to have something to say about this. Um, and we did not talk about this before the show, so you're going to really like this one. This is going to be right up your alley. So this kind of goes into the into one of my favorite sayings is to be proactive instead of reactive. You know, um, I have a bunch of friends of mine that are Alabama fans, big Alabama fans, good people. They are really, really, really having a tough time. All of a sudden, having a very tough time with the once a coach leaves, you get 30 days, the kids can leave for 30 days. All of a sudden, this rule is not fair. All of a sudden, this is a bad rule. And we're writing articles about it. It's all over. Like, I literally Googled to see when this rule was put into place today, and I, there was no less than 15 articles um, from sports writers in the South saying that this, that this rule was not fair. And so my life advice would be be proactive, not reactive. But on top of that, guys, why is it a big deal now? We've been saying this rule wasn't right for a long time. But it's just why are rules only a problem when they affect the blue with the uh, blue bloods? You know what I mean? Like is, is, this rule is all this of a sudden your, a problem. Is this There's, your first time to deal left? with Alabama fans, Tyler? Come on now. <laughs> I mean, Come how on. many coaches? How many coaching changes have we had since this rule has been in effect? And it's and now it's a problem. Like today, today is a problem. It's not fair. Now we want to fix it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Well, yeah, now it affects them for the first time. Alabama's finding out how the other half lives and they don't necessarily like it and they don't think it's particularly fair. And it's always kind of, let's be honest. They've earned it. They've earned the right to be an arrogant, cocky fan base, but that is an arrogant, cocky fan base. (laughs) And they have been humbled a little. Now, the humility might not last long because Kalen DeBoer might win real big there and show all of us. But the rule that, hasn't impacted them because they had the greatest coach of all time for a decade and a half plus a couple of years on their sideline suddenly impacts them because Nick Saban has walked away and here we are and they're upset. Now they want the grand poobah to come down and fix it all. And it's like, no guys, that's not how this works. You you're going to time for you to pay the tax. Here it is. I mean, I have so many Alabama friends that I've been like, bitching and complaining and and trying to and trying to tell them my grief and what I got wrong with it. nobody wanted they were just gave me the old courtesy like you know shake their head like they're listening to me and now they're yelling at right back at me what I've been yelling what I've been preaching for a year um but no it, it but it's, it it is not correct it's it is a bad rule uh it's not going to it's not it's it's a disaster rule uh, but we knew this was coming since the day the transfer, the immediate eligibility went into effect, the one-time transfer. Since that day, we have talked about it on this show that this was going to happen. This was going to be a problem. And it has happened. It's happened everywhere. But nobody cares until Alabama does that. And now it's going to affect 
because what happened, what's happening in Alabama, it's going to affect what's happening in Michigan. It, that that's why Sharon Moore. Now Sharon Moore, he loves this rule. He thinks it's the greatest rule that's ever ever existed, because this rule, this thirty day window transfer rule, is going to single handedly give the job to Sharon Moore in Michigan. Single handedly, that's why he's getting the job. If this rule was not in place, they would open it up and probably do a coaching search. And you can't convince me otherwise. No, I don't think there's any question. I think that I think that they don't want to run the risk of it. They just they have a talented roster. They just won the national title. He's wildly popular in that roster. Um, I'm not saying that Sharon Moore won't make a great coach. But in terms of being qualified to be the head coach at Michigan, could they go get a more proven winner? to come be the head coach at Michigan? Of course, but they can't run that risk right now. Not, not in, not on January the 25th. You can't run the risk of losing a third of your roster to the transfer portal. And those guys would absolutely be able to enter the portal right now. You, you kind of have to do what they're doing. And that is to hire more. And in many ways, they're doing exactly what I would do if I were them too. hundred percent. But so it's not a criticism, but if Jim Harbaugh had stepped down on December the 2nd after the Big Ten championship game, let's say that Michigan had lost the Big Ten championship game and he'd stepped down and he was, or he had left the NFL on January the 2nd, they probably would have conducted a search. They probably would have gone after Kalen DeBoer or Brian Kelly or some of the names that were out there about the Michigan job. But can't in this world. They're doing the right thing right now because this will allow them to maintain their roster. They might still lose a couple of guys, but it'll stop a mass exodus. Yeah, they're they're gonna lose a couple of guys, sure. I mean, why wouldn't they? They'll, yeah. I'm sure they'll lose somebody, but like you don't, you're not gonna lose. I don't think they'll lose anybody they wasn't already going to lose, whether Jim Harbaugh was there or not. You know, what I mean, I don't think it's gonna create some mass exodus. They they probably save themselves a full year of of roster building by by hiring, and you got to do it. You know, and um. I mean, they, they have no choice. Uh, and I'm with you. I completely agree. I'd be doing the same thing. Somebody asked me about it uh, earlier today on your deal, and I was like, look, you, you talking about the uh, players are behind Sherrod Moore and want him to uh, be the next head coach. I was like, well, yeah, you have to listen to him because players control everything in college athletics right now. They control everything. But you, So you have to, you have to uh, listen to them. And if you decide to take their advice, great. If not, then you do a search. But if I was the AD of Michigan, I'd be doing the same thing. That's the only way to preserve uh, any type of winning culture uh, that you have because if you don't, you're you're going to restart the, the system. Yeah, 100%. That's it. I mean, what you have to do. And so uh, I think what you're going to see is – more schools, uh, if if they if they sense that they need to make a, a change or a change is coming, I think you're going to see that change happen during the season where it gives them time to talk to players before the semester's over where they have a better chance to to uh, to do it. And then if you're going to make a replacement man, you got to have you got to have a replacement ready to go. You have to move quickly. And to Alabama's credit, it did. I mean, imagine, how bad it would have been at Alabama if it had taken another week. 46 hours. I mean, they got it done in less than two days, and they still had a good bit of bleeding. Um, I, I will say this. I do think the, you know, the people that do complain about the 30-day window, I'm with you. 
but that's just one, that's just one of 774,912 issues that need to be fixed uh, with the NCAA calendar. So, and, and stuff. So it's just one of many it's, it's, yes, it's a problem, but yeah, there, there are a lot more problems that need to be fixed too. Hey, uh, uh, Alabama fans, this show is also sponsored by better help. Just saying. Yeah. What are some things you want to keep the same about yourself or your life in 2024? What areas of life are you already crushing it? Around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. There's no need for a new year and a new you just because Nick Saban left your program. Instead, maybe it's time to focus on doing the things you already do better. Maybe you finally organize one piece of your space, one part of your space. You want to tackle another. Maybe you've You've been taking supplements every morning and now you want to actually eat breakfast too. Therapy helps you find your strengths so that you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. As I've told you for a while, I've benefited from therapy in my past, gave me tools to tackle adversity, to be a better version of myself. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com MPW today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com MPW. Neil, you know, we just, we're fresh off an ice storm. I just talked to a, a coach buddy of mine at Nashville. They've been locked in. And if you're tired of getting stuck in the ice, Neil, even though we're not live and the Cooper Chevrolet chat is not really rolling just yet, the guys at Cooper Chevrolet got you taken care of. They have marked down the new 2024 Silverado 2500 HDs over $5,800 this week. So if you're tired of getting stuck in the snow, give the guys at Cooper Chevrolet a call at area code 256-236-4481. That's 256-236-4481. All right, Neil, let's shift her over to the old NFL, the National Football League. We've got a couple of little some coaching news, which we just basically talked about a second ago since our last show, pretty much right after our last show. Shocker. Mm-hmm. Shocker, Jim Harbaugh. To the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, heard a little bit more about this probably in the last 24 hours. He was kind of uh, – he was really, really, really um, trying to slow play it. I didn't see – there must have been something behind the scenes that I wasn't – that wasn't out there. Uh, heard that he was trying to be patient, maybe wait and see if your if you're Chicago Bears had made a move. Because I think if that if that job was available, he would have he would have taken that job first. Yes. Uh, I think he he was wanting that first pick to get get the quarterback, um, but he got a quarterback instead. I think he's got a huge advantage here. Um, he's getting you know what a top five, top six quarterback in the NFL. Um, with oh a roster. yeah, yeah. Herbert's really talented. He's been. They haven't coached very well around him. They haven't built very well around him. But Justin Herbert's a really talented quarterback. They they uh they have a good one a good player base. It's not there. It's not a start over job. Uh, they're gonna have a great a great draft selection to begin with. They'll have a higher draft pick. 
I don't know exactly when they're picking. I haven't looked, but I know it's it's definitely upper half. Um, but he's going to get that. He's got a good roster, and the better part of it is he's replacing – like any success is going to be viewed – he's not having to step into the big shoes to fill. So any success that he has is going to be viewed as success. So, I mean, the guy goes – he wins one playoff game. They haven't – I don't think they've won a playoff game since like uh, Rivers was the quarterback. So they win any kind of playoff game. It's going. It's going to look as a, a successful stint. I think it was a good choice for him. Um, and you know the weather out there is probably a little bit nicer than Ann Arbor's uh, this time of the year. Yeah, I mean it's a good hire. He had to leave Michigan. He's got an NFL pedigree. You know, he took the 49ers to a Super Bowl. Um, I think Harbaugh's a. I've come to really. I know we everybody picks on him about stuff. I've come to really like every a lot of stuff I've heard about Harbaugh. So I bet he does a really good job there. Players like him. Um, Chargers anteed up, something they haven't done in the past, so they must have really wanted Harbaugh. So here we are. Uh, another move that happened. Uh, Brian Callahan leaves the uh, leaves the Bengals, where he was the offensive coordinator. He's the new head coach of the Tennessee Titans. Uh, a little surprised by that, if I'm honest. But uh, which part of it? A little surprised that he's the one that got the gig coming off of a, a of a, a season where the Bengals weren't particularly good. Although he did do a very good job uh, managing a Bengals offense that didn't have Joe Burrow when it's built all around Joe Burrow. They had a lot of injuries and stuff, and and the Bengals stayed very competitive. This is the 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 NFL. This is the part that it gets uh, a little wild for me is when you have lifers in the NFL, you know, assistant coaches, you don't know the coordinators and assistant coaches of NFL teams like you know, know them in college. And so when they – the big, there's not like the – there's very few big-name coordinators. You know what I mean? Like it's it's such a unique deal. And, and when it becomes to the the – Titans, who and then we'll talk about the Panthers here next, but they'll they'll do they'll hire an OC uh, as the head coach, and you're like, who is that guy again? Oh, okay, and then you're like, oh, this guy's great, and you go, this guy is going to go from being like, I'll bet you five percent of the NFL fans couldn't tell you who the guy was if you just said his name, and now he's going to become a household name overnight. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, but look, you know, I think that's just the. And the interviewing process, they interviewed 10 gazillion people for these jobs. And these interviews last like less than two hours. It's just the whole process is completely odd to me. Um, but, hey, he's got him an NFL gig. Uh, they promoted from within at, uh, at uh, Cincinnati for the OC spot. So uh, he'll be uh, starting over there in uh, Tennessee. And then yeah. along the same lines, Dave Canales. Yeah, I was going to say offensive. Carolina hires Dave Canales to take over a tortured franchise right now in Carolina. He is the – that's kind of what I've, I actually predicted. I was like, they'll they'll get some coordinator uh, that will be willing to do all of that to get his shot to be a head football coach uh, because getting a head football coaching gig in the NFL seems to – as soon as you get there, you're pretty much hired – you're hireable for life for some position. But, hey, look hey, – more power to him, man. I wish him the best of luck. If they have to change the way they do ownership in front office if to to succeed, that's pretty much uh, how that's going to have to go. One million, uh, but he's 
One million percent. Their problem is above the head coach level. It is <laughs> the problem. I mean, they haven't had a problem with coaches. <laughs> it's the other way around. So uh, hopefully they'll get that worked out. He's got Bryce Young. I'll be interested to see. Here, here's the interesting thing. And I wonder if this had anything to do with it. He had, you know, Baker Mayfield down in um, in Tampa, and Baker had a hell of a year. You know, everybody was ready to write Baker Mayfield off. All no, that had stuff a very, had a very good season. Did some really good things. Now he's going to, now he's going to Carolina, where he's got Bryce Young, who a lot of people are ready to write off already after one year. Can he kind of write the ship on Bright? No pun intended, coming from the Buccaneers, but can he write the ship in Carolina with with Bryce Young and get him right? Because the kid is talented. That will be the million dollar question. That's a all right. Last thing, we'll talk about playoff games and we'll get you guys out of here. Uh, Vic Fangio. This was really odd to me. Um, Vic Fangio, who is, in my opinion, top two, three defensive coordinator, defensive mind in the National Football League. Yep. All of a sudden, yesterday, it comes out that he's getting let go by the Miami Dolphins. Do a little bit more digging, and you find out that it's a little bit more mutual thing uh, there. Um, but they let him out of his contract, which is extremely unusual. And uh, shocker, shocker, he was not even on the open market for 24 hours. He has been named uh, the the defense coordinator by the Philadelphia Eagles today. So going from the Dolphins to the Eagles. But Vic Fangio, I believe, is, like I said, top three guy in the NFL when it comes to defense. Uh, he's unbelievable. He, he, um, he asked out, don't you think? I, th I think so. But That's what I think, too. I think he said, hey, I want out. Will you let me out of my contract? And at that point, the Dolphins said, you know, if you're not pot committed, probably don't need to be here. I wouldn't even be surprised if you told me that they said, hey, you can't go anywhere in the AFC. I don't know that. I'm just kind of wondering if maybe there was some sort of a compromise there where they said, where are you going? And he said, Philly. And they're like, okay. That's just so highly, it's weird because it, to me, I mean, I get, yeah, that's probably exactly what happened. It's just weird that the Dolphins would be, let him go. You know what I mean? Like without something. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but or, you know, that organization, and I've watched that HBO thing, so I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I, I know the Dolphins back and forth, but McDaniel strikes me as the type that if you're not happy, he doesn't really want you there. And so rather than running the risk of it becoming a caustic situation or a kind of a malignant situation, he was just like, all right. Like, again, I'm just guessing – because the fact that he ended up at another place in the other conference within 24 hours makes me think that it was like, okay, but you can't go to an AFC team. And he basically was like, no, nah, I'm, 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 I'm wanting to go to Philadelphia. And I'm like, all right, do it. And because nobody has said any bad things one way or the other, everybody's been pretty gracious or non, non, no one said anything. So it kind of makes me think that was. Yeah. One of those, one of those real, not even mutual. Like I have a feeling it wasn't even Miami wanting him to go. It was him wanting to go and Miami going, okay. And maybe, and maybe McDaniel already knows a direction he wants to go with that position. All right. I got, a, I got an off topic question about coaching changes. That's right up your alley. I got to ask, I've been meaning to ask you for three days now. And I keep forgetting. Why in the hell did the Milwaukee Bucks fire their head coach when they were like 30 and 13? Well, it's a veteran team. 
Uh, some of the veterans weren't particularly happy. They weren't playing very good defense at all. They, it's it's weird because like, yeah, they're 30, 31 and 13 or whatever they are. They're really good. They have a, a strong record. But if you watch them much, I don't know how much you've watched them. They had played some games of late where they looked, it just didn't look right. Uh, their offense didn't flow. And in a playoff series, it was the kind of thing that would have hurt them. Um, and then probably what really happened is you just had some veterans on that team that weren't happy. He had had a, so they hired Terry Stotts before the season, former Portland coach, very respected NBA coach as an assistant coach. And they had an altercation in practice, Stotts and um, Griffith, where it was, it was verbal, but where Stotts quit. It was to a point where Terry Stotts was like, no one's, you're not going to treat me like that. This isn't how an NBA team is run. I'm out. And so a really veteran, respected voice left that coaching staff and players sort of pinned that on Griffith. And kind of that was one of the things that sort of led to some of the displeasure. And look, that's a team in Milwaukee that it's championship or bust. They've won a title. They've gotten close a couple more times. It's all about win a championship. They did not look like a championship team. He did not seem like a championship coach. Now they go out and get Doc Rivers, who kind of gets a knock of being not the best playoff coach in the world. So NBA's just <laughs> NBA's weird, like most pro sports. Uh, so many egos, but the egos are huge the NBA level, because, you know, it's five players on the court at once playing rotations, usually eight, nine guys. Um, they're all making a ton of money. Most of the big time players on that. And on that team, there are two superstars, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Damian Lillard. Um, there's just kind of a lot there. And so they shook it up and they gave, they gave Rivers a, a long-term deal and, He's a veteran voice, and maybe the gamble is that the the veterans will defer to him in a way that they didn't with uh, Griffith. I looked at that. I was like, man, that guy probably had a good day today. He's first year of his first year of his contract. He probably he probably had was thirty and thirteen. Oh, probably. I mean, he's he's got <laughs> he comes out of that okay, but I mean, I'm sure he wanted to finish that season. Yeah, that's wild. I didn't you get know. to see that one. I'm sure he did. I mean, they are. I'm pulling them up right now. They're 31 and 13, three games back of Boston in the East, a game ahead of Philly. If the season ended today, they would play one of the play in teams in the first round, probably Indiana. Um, but, you know, in the second round, they'd be staring at Philadelphia. And right now, today, they, they, they don't match. They were starting to look inferior to the Sixers. So that's probably a, a part of it. Gotcha. All right, Neil, let's close this bad boy off. We got three games left, baby. Three games left in real football before the UFL starts, which we will not talk about much on the show. But three games of the real football left. We got the Kansas City Chiefs. This is the game that Neil, he can't decide who he wants to pull for because he's such big fans of both teams. Oof. 
The Kansas City Chiefs are traveling to Baltimore. The Baltimore Ravens are four-point favorites, Neil. Four-point yep. favorites. How are you feeling about this game? Give give the betters, give the give the betters what they want. How are you feeling about this game? What does Neil Scoops McCready think about this bad boy? Well, so I think Baltimore is a better team. Games at home. Uh, Baltimore, the last six weeks, eight weeks, probably been the best team in the NFL. But there's a problem. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. On that other sideline, they got Patrick Mahomes. Mm. And if I'm the NFL, <laughs> if I'm the NFL, we're in a meeting. Hey, hang on, hang on, because we're on Zoom. We're not live right now, okay? We're on Zoom. We're not live. As soon as you switched that gear, you said, if I'm the NFL, you took your glasses off, you started rubbing your head, you started looking at this face of agony, you're yep. still rubbing your temples. Here we go. I already know where you're going with this. Neil McCready, what's the script say? If I'm in the NFL and the NFL's in a meeting and we're just sitting up there and the meeting's over and just a few of us left in the room and someone goes, who do we want to win on Sunday? Chiefs. We want the Chiefs to win. Why do we want the Chiefs to win? Have you been paying attention? Do you know the number we'll get if the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl? Do you know what the pregame will look like when Taylor is flying back from Tokyo and trying to get to Vegas in time to see Travis and and the Chiefs go for a championship. We'll be able to put cameras on the runway when she lands. We'll be able to put a helicopter in the air to follow her as she makes her way to Allegiant. Is there anybody on the Ravens team that has a storyline like that? I mean, anybody? Anybody? Hey, you forgot the subplot to that storyline. Do you know what the subplot of that storyline is? No. They're going. They'll get. They'll get another ten million dollars from um from from oh, uh, Pfizer. Captain Pfizer from Captain I mean, Pfizer to run some commercials. I mean, don't y'all want Travis? I mean, Pfizer wants Travis in the game, y'all. Hey, odds are, what are the odds if Kansas City wins, we get a commercial shot in the next two weeks of Taylor Swift giving the vaccine to Travis Kelsey <laughs> <laughs> that runs to the Super Bowl. Are them getting his and her boosters? Um, <laughs> his and her. Hey, yeah. look, here's the scene. Here's the scene. They're getting like a couple's massage, you know? Yeah. And they both have their arm out like they're holding hands, but they instead they get they yeah. get stuck at the same they, time. We both see the two band-aids on each of their arms. And <laughs> matching, hey, matching band-aids. Yeah. Um, or we bejewel Taylor's <laughs> band-aid. Um, I don't know. So I, I I'll be honest. I will be stunned if Kansas City doesn't win that game. I, I I mean, I watched Cincinnati not get a single call in last year's game. And that was before Travis was dating Taylor. So the, the Chiefs are getting every call. And then in the other game, Lions, Niners, I think it's a seven-point line. It is. It's actually going up to seven and a half today. But it, as of right now, it is back down to seven. If Debo Samuels isn't playing, I have real question marks about whether San Francisco can take advantage of Detroit's secondary. And if they can't, I give the Lions a real shot, not only to cover the number, but to win outright. 
Wow. Um, I am with you 100% on the Chiefs and Ravens game. I, it's just too scripty, man. There's there's too much opportunity here. We got Taylor Swift and Captain Pfizer. We, we can't – this is they're, – they're going to make it to Vegas. And Vegas of all places. It's happening. So if I'm also in that room where someone goes, all right, all right, Neil, all right, Kansas City, who would you want Kansas City to play? Most of middle America sort of loves the Lions from the whole HBO thing. Yeah. The HBO thing was a made made the Lions kind of America's team a little bit. Everybody loves Campbell and they love some of the different storylines on that team. And I mean, that that might be the route I'd want to go. That's probably the game I'd want if I'm the NFL. Now, the colors, if you look at the colors, it's it's Chiefs Niners. So, and before anybody gets mad, or you, if you're asking me, do I think the NFL fixes these games? No. But if it's close, and most of these hey. games are, I probably like the Chiefs to win outright and the Niners to win, but the Lions to cover. That's probably my, would be my picks. Um, seven yeah, points I, feels like a lot in that game. I'm I'm probably going to take both. Uh, I haven't decided how I'm going to bet this yet, but if I did it straight up, I would take the Chiefs and the points and the Lions and the points. Um, the, but I'm with you. I haven't decided how I'm. What if I'm going to tease it up or you know two game teaser or parlay or whatever I'm going to do yet? But I do know that I will be taking the Chiefs side and the Lions side regardless of what I do. And especially if it gets to seven and a half, I'm not gonna, I'm not not going to bet the Lions if it gets if I can get an extra half point, which is it's bounced up and down. Um, and that's and the Chiefs, like I said, it's at four right now. Uh, I think that's as high as it's been. I mean, at worst, it's at three and a half. Yeah. That's a, those are big hooks, man. You know what I mean? Those yeah. are those are big, those are big hooks. Um, but I'm with you. I don't I don't think there's any way that they they allow that to happen um with the Chiefs not in the Super Bowl. So yeah, I agree. All right, that's all I got for you today. We will wrap it up there. Appreciate uh, everybody for listening. Uh, Going to try to get back to normal here as soon as possible. Uh, your boy just had his second injection, uh, all that stuff. So uh, we're, we're, we're working at it. Got rehab again tomorrow. Doing, doing my best to, to get up and at him. We've been brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams, natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, and zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Don't forget to check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. So for uh, Tyler Siski, I'm Neil McCready. That does it for this edition of McCready and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Until next week, take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.